Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're going to continue looking at Hebrews chapter 11 and of course continue building our faith. And so far I really do hope that this study has helped you with your faith because this is something that's really important, that it's not just the idea of going and finding an emotion, which is often what's associated with faith, but that faith is actually definable, and then it actually has real actions that do affect your life. And that's what we're seeing through Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, And a lot of these things are maybe not necessarily small areas of your life that you're looking at, but they're they're areas that you often don't think about. And it's either something that is uh, every day, like your obedience, um, or it's something that uh, is something that builds every day, but not, but isn't something that you necessarily are confronted with every day, like your legacy. And these are important concepts that we find and important uh, areas of our life that we really do see that our life is impacted with um, by faith. And so I really do hope that as we're look, going through Hebrews chapter 11, that your life is impacted. But today we come to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 20 through 22, and we're going to see how Isaac uh, blessed Jacob and Esau, and then how Jacob went and he blessed both of the sons of Joseph. And so that's kind of an interesting concept to go and to look at. We're going to see how uh, faith, it, it it really does affect some things in our life. And one of those things is it allows us to finish strong. But before we get into that, we're going to see how faith really does go from generation to generation. And that should be the goal is that we have a generational faith. But let's read our text. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 20 through 22, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instruction concerning his bones. We see here faith from generation to generation, or that idea of a generational faith, and the generations that are talked about here in verses 20 through 22 of Hebrews 11 is, well, one is implied, it's it's Abraham to Isaac, that comes in the verses before, but then it's Isaac to Jacob, and Jacob, of course, to Joseph here, and then Joseph uh, going and giving instruction um, to the children of Israel. Uh, there that lasted several generations through that as they eventually did take his bones and buried them in Egypt. But we see here that faith is passed down from generation to generation to generation, but it's not passed physically. You see, you don't have faith because your daddy had faith, or you don't have faith because your grandpa had faith or your grandma had faith. That's, that's not why you have faith. It's not necessarily a physical thing. It's not a physical thing. Um, now, of course, it, it can be in one generation to the next generation, and of course, that be your dad and be your grandparent or what, whatever it might be. Uh, you're, but many people are resting on the merits of a relative for their faith. And though faith, like I said, it can be seen in multiple generations. It's not passed through our blood. It's passed through the blood of Jesus Christ. But faith can go from generation 
to generation. But how does faith go from generation to generation? Well, you have to look at how it begins, and we have to understand um, this concept. Of course, Romans 10, 13 through 15 says this, For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent, as it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Now, when we look at this concept here, or this this system that we see, it, it goes that somebody calls upon the name of the Lord. Well, how do they call upon the name of the Lord? Well, they have to believe, or they have to have faith. Well, how do they get faith? Well, from hearing. How do they hear? Well, they hear with a preacher. And how are they preached? Or how, how does the preacher go and get to them? Well, they're sent out. And of course, we see this concept that faith is passed through the Word of God, specifically through the preaching or proclamation of the Word. And so this is, this is so important when it comes to generation to generation to generation. There's a few concepts, a few things that I just want to point out. The first one is, how sad is it if there's a generation that has faith and they're raising the next generation that needs faith, but in their home, they don't hear the gospel consistently? And there's some cases where it's even worse than that, where they might not hear the gospel at all. Well, if they're not hearing the gospel, if there's not a, a proclamation of God's word, faith is not going to be passed down. You need to have that. You should have that in the home, especially if it's your goal to go into pass faith to the next generation. Proclaim God's word. The word of God needs to be a centerpiece in your house. It needs to be something that's really important. And when I think of that, especially within your house, I think of uh, having somebody come up to me one time, uh, uh, really a son in the faith, um, and he came up to me and he, and he said what number it was. And I don't remember what number it was, but it was a, it was a high number. It was pushing 20, maybe over 20. And, and he just come up to me as they're leaving our house, uh, him, his wife, and, his, and their son. And, and he, he gave me this number. I think it was around 20. And I looked at him and I said, what? And he goes, well, it's the game we play whenever we come here. And I looked at him and I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, how many Bibles we see in your house? Whenever they'd come over to our house, he would go and he would count how many Bibles he could see. And, and he didn't go down into my office or anything that evening. Uh, it, it was actually just a church service that we were, uh, or church fellowship, excuse me, that we're having over at our house afterwards. And, and he was going and counting all of these the, these Bibles. And there were, were several because we, we always have Bibles out. We, we have them in, a, in prominent places in our house, not so that they can collect dust, but so that we can use them and so that we can uh, read them. And we want, I want, uh, and, and of course, so does Sarah, but we want the Word of God to be in a prominent place in our house, but not just you know, hey, there's a Bible. Look at that. Yeah, that's our family Bible. Oh, yeah, we keep that in a nice place and, you know, it gets dust and so we dust it off. No, we, we want the Word of God prevalent in Thomas and Henry's life. We, we want to make sure that they don't go through a day without hearing the Word of God. 
We want to make sure that the Word of God is proclaimed. Why? Is it because we just want to go and have, uh, you know, some religiosity or something like that? No, it's because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We want them to hear the Word of God because we want them to have faith, because we want our faith to be passed down to the next generation. Which also means you need to talk about the Word of God. The Word of God needs to be proclaimed in your household. If you want to pass it down to the next generation, you need to not just have the Word of God, read the Word of God, but you need to talk about the Word of God. And, and I think I've mentioned this before when we were doing the Proverbs study, but I can't recall, I mean, perhaps there was, but according to my memory, I cannot recall a day growing up where the Word of God was not talked about in our house. It was different things came up, and so we talked about the Word of God. How does God's Word apply to that? What answer do we find to that dilemma in God's Word? Those questions were always prevalent in the home. And this is, this is just so important. I want you to realize that. If there are things that are getting in your way, and I know I harp on this a lot, and and people don't like it when I harp on this a lot because, well, I'll, I'll just be honest, it's because it's become an idol in so many people's lives. You know, you need to spend more time around the dinner table than you do around your TV. You need to do that because discussions, talking is so important. If you want to raise a, a generation that is in faith, pass your faith to the next generation, spend more time at the dinner table than you do in front of a TV. I'm not saying TV's bad. My wife and I just just watched a movie before we, we came and recorded this, okay? I'm not, not, not out here completely anti-TV or anything, but I'm telling you, priorities need to happen and your table needs to be one. Invest more time in your table than you do your TV if you want to pass that down. But also, if we want to really handle this text uh, in Romans chapter 10 really properly, I mean, it's talking about preachers who are sent, those who preach the gospel of peace, who's, who bring glad tidings of good things. I mean, th- th- this is talking specifically about someone who God has, has put into ministry. If you want your faith to pass from generation to generation, it doesn't happen by going to church, but it is what happens at church. And that is that God's grace flows sideways from God who goes and gives grace to the preacher to go and to proclaim the word of God. And then that grace flows sideways, building the faith of those who come to hear. So faithfully take your children to a good church. It's so important. Romans 10, it's right here. But you need to be proclaiming that word as well if you want that faith to be passed down. But remember, here faith isn't passed down just physically, but it can go to the next generation. But you have to do something and you have to do something right. But getting back into these generations, we have, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things that are to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, he blessed each of his sons, the sons of Joseph, excuse me, and he worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instruction concerning his bones. The last thing that I want us to see here this morning is that faith allows us to finish strong. Notice the phrase, 
when he was dying. We see this here both in the life of Jacob and in the life of Joseph when he was dying. Uh, and, and for all three men, faith is evident at the end of their life because we do know it was near the end of the life that Isaac went and blessed Jacob and Esau as well. And though they had ups and downs in their walk of faith, they did live a life of faith, and that was evident at the end of their life. See, death is a reality that we will all face unless, of course, the rapture comes before uh, be- before we are taken in death. But this brings us uh, to uh, brings up an important point for us to understand about faith. Do we want to finish strong? In our faith, if we're really walking in faith, even though we're going to have some days that are better than others, but if we're truly walking in faith, we're going to finish strong. But let's look quickly at the example of Joseph here. The example of Joseph, of course, Joseph, he lived a life of faith. He had poor circumstances at times, and uh, that's probably an understatement. I mean, he was thrown into a pit, sold by his brothers. He was uh, then became a slave in Potiphar's house. Then he was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Then he was thrown into jail. Then he was forgotten in jail. Um, yet he maintained his faith through all, all of this, and it's proved by his actions. It's proved by the fact that God was with him everywhere he went. God blessed him, whether that was, uh, you, you know, as a slave in Potiphar's house, whether that was um, just as a son, or whether that was in prison, um, and of course after that too, uh, with Pharaoh. I mean, he he rose uh, incredibly in rank, and and God had His hand clearly upon him. Yet, it is not all of those things that's talked about in Hebrews chapter 11. All of the things that we could talk about in Joseph that comes to your mind with Joseph. And what does Hebrews chapter 11 go and say? Well, let's talk about the very end of his life. We don't need to talk about how he maintained his faith in prison. We don't need to maintain or talk about how he maintained his his faith while he was in a pit or being sold into slavery. We don't need to look at how he maintained his faith and the great success that he had, basically going and leading a nation. No, let's talk about the final instructions that Joseph gave. He gave instructions about his bones and he mentioned the exodus that was going to happen from Egypt. God had not fulfilled his promise yet, but with his dying breath, Joseph maintained that it would happen, that God's promise would come to fruition. He died in the same faith that he lived in. His faith was unwavering, His faith uh, changed who he was, and it stayed the same through the midst of all of the challenges. And then the greatest challenge that comes, death, he was still looking forward to the promise of God where he said, look, God is going to take us back to this promised land, this land that was promised to Abraham and to his descendants, and we're going to go back there. And I want you to take my bones with you because I know we are going back even though I'm departing this world. If that's not finishing strong, I don't know what is. 
His faith allowed him to finish life's race strong. Holding on to the promises of God, the same promises of God that he had looked for before and he had held on to, and it had affected his life so that he had real evidences. But what about you? Will you finish strong in faith? Will you finish strong? That's the question. Now, of course, the same things in the first point that we looked at from generation to generation are going to be the same things that help you to keep your faith and to finish strong. You need to live the life of faith. You need to be a witness, proclaim the Word of God. You need to be in the Word of God. You need to have the Word of God in a prominent position in your life. You need to be, of course, praying, right? These are things, simple things that are going to get you get, get you to, to go and to maintain your faith so that you can finish strong. You need to be going consistently to hear the Word of God proclaimed at a good, sound church. You need to have good, godly habits in your life. Finishing strong in life has less to do with what we purpose at the end and more to do with what you're purposing now. On a smaller scale, but one that most people have probably gone through who are listening to this podcast. I remember hearing in high school time after time after time that the decisions that you're making now are going to impact the rest of your life. And I remember kind of thinking as a high schooler, you know, I don't know, that seems pretty cliche. Not that I'm going to choose to do bad things, but I think that that's maybe a little hyperbolous. But you know what? It wasn't. And I looked out and I've seen friends who made good decisions in high school and it's resulted doing well for them going forward. And I've seen friends who made really terrible decisions. And I can recognize that the decisions, that the habits, that the disciplines that I made in high school are ones that stuck with me today. Now, I can also tell you that you can't overcome that. Maybe you messed up bad in high school and you're going, oh no, is there no hope for me? No, there's hope for you because the principle isn't what you do in high school. The principle is, is that what you're doing now is going to have more of an impact on how you finish than when you get to the end of your life and you say, hey, maybe I should finish strong. Plan ahead, live your life with your eyes fixed on the promises of God now so that you can finish strong later. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And while we 
trust in Jesus, sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. Oh, but even in darkness, we hold to the promise, there's nothing we can't overcome. So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing, sing like the battle.